Monday Roadshow, Weekly Conversations Edition. <laughs> At least that's the working title we're working with. I don't know. It's just I need feedback and everything from start to finish. You're going to go along this ride with me if you don't mind. So let me know. Weekly Conversations? I'm not sure. I haven't even asked Cole Coffee yet what he thinks about it. I'll get some feedback from him eventually. Uh, kind of springing this on him, but uh, I just kind of always wanted to do this, to be honest with you. I figured, you know what? Why not do it this week? Uh, wasn't sure the best way to pull it off, but just figured, hey, let's just set up and go for it. Let's do it, and let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Um, first off, see, you'll notice the lack of production on this. Those astute listeners and supporters of uh, Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow will recognize that music that was uh, opening up there, and we'll hopefully make it to the close as well and recognize that music as well. Now, uh, will that stay? Will that change? Uh, probably. I just probably will change. I just didn't really have time to find other music that I might be able to use. So <laughs> with the stuff that I had handy, uh, maybe I'll keep it the same. Who knows? You see, this is an experiment in progress. But basically, what I've wanted to do with these weekly conversations, I do a lot of interviews. Uh, over the course of a week. Now, not just the media day ones, and, and uh, certainly you guys see those, uh, the, the press conferences and all that stuff, but I do quite a few interviews, and I put them up on YouTube, and I'm, um, you know, s- still a small, growing YouTube channel over there at MMA Underground, but if I'm being 100% honest, I don't watch a lot of interviews on YouTube. Um, I do consume a lot of podcasts in audio form because I like to hear certain things while I'm working on other things, and um you know, just doing other work or whatever, and, and I can have it playing in the background. So this seemed like something more that I like and that I do. So why not distribute in a way that I like and I do? So here you go. That's what we're going to start out with, seeing how this all works out. So all feedback is appreciated for whether you're a long-time listener, whether you're a first-time listener. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think. And, uh, yeah, we'll just let this thing play out. So five interviews were done today. Uh, and I'll, I'll bring them all to you now. Starting out with UFC lightweight Joe Selecki had a big win out this past weekend, uh, choking out Carl Deaton. It was a, um, a change of opponent. It was a change of date. A lot going on there, uh, but he got the job done in impressive fashion. And as I say, you know, he was a huge favorite going into that fight. But all you can do is, is face the people that are in front of you, right? Um, and everybody at this level is potentially a challenge for you. So you got to go out there and get the job done, even if you're against an, an opponent that some people might say is outmatched. Um, and that's what Joe Selecki did. He handled business. So uh, hear him talk about uh, the experience. All right, it is Joe Selecki who's coming off a very impressive submission win. Joe, it's been a couple of days. Uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to go back and watch it, review it a little bit. So talk to me how you feel about your performance overall. Yeah, you know, I haven't really gotten to watch it like myself like that. Like my wife is watching it, my teammates. So I'm catching glimpses here and there. And then I like run out of the room when the uh, post-fight interview comes along. I hate listening to myself. But, uh, yeah, the, the stuff I've caught, you know, there was some good stuff. Um, some stuff I didn't get to display, of course. Uh, there was always things we could have done better and all that. But uh, I don't think I can really complain about, you know, like how it went, especially change of opponent and all that, performance of the night bonus. All great stuff, but there's definitely stuff we can build off of going forward, you know. But, again, it's one of those where – I really didn't show anything new. So while it's frustrating because you work on all these things, uh, it's more just I get to keep under wraps. So I guess it's also a good thing, you know. So, yeah, I, I cannot complain for sure. Okay, hold on. We got a lot to talk about there. First things first, though, hold on. You don't go back and watch the fight like first thing right away. I would imagine, you know, I fight in the UFC. The first thing I do is go back to the hotel room and I want to watch myself looking like a badass in there. <laughs> they Well, they already were. So it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't want to stand over their shoulder and be like, 
oh, let's watch me. You know, it's kind of awkward. But uh, yeah, I, end, I mean, just because of them, I ended up watching it three, four times. So uh, yeah. And then, you know, it is what it is. And my wife wants to watch the post fight interview because then they pan to her. So then I'm like, oh, I got to <laughs> my ears. Like, I don't want to watch this. But uh, and our coach is obsessed. So he was watching already, you know. Um, yeah. So. I ended up watching it inadvertently early on in my career. Like when the ethnic contender series, I watched the whole episode that night. Like as it goes on and on, like even today's uh, one of my friends is like, you don't sound like you're on top of the world. I was like, I love this, but like, I loved Saturday. It's Saturday's over, you know, like it's just back to work. Like uh, there's no better feeling than being in the cage, in the moment, in the fight. And then it ends and I'm not like a big fanfare guy. So it's like one of those things where I like now is like maybe younger. I'd like watch on Instagram and like repost everything and like, was almost admiring people's admiration. And now it's more so appreciating people that are taking their time. Like, I feel like it's like, I guess I've grown up, you know, where you're like, Oh, like I actually really appreciate this person said that instead of being like, look how awesome I am. You know, <laughs> it's just my job. I love it. And, uh, it's my passion, but, uh, I actually went back and watched all the other fights instead because that was a good card. It ended up being. That's amazing. It was an entertaining card. You said something else I thought was interesting too, right? You're like, Hey, you know, you kind of frustrate cause you didn't get to show anything new. That's such an interesting thing about this sport, right? Because you want to develop, you want to show new wrinkles, but also it's a cage fight. And if you got some bread and butter that gets it done, it's best to get in there and get it done and get out of there with a win. So how do you strike that balance between like, I want to show these new wrinkles versus I got some go-to moves that work out really, really well. So I should probably just go do that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's my job. My job is to go out there and win. I got to perform this tonight. Like that's, that's first and foremost, you know, once you hit the UFC, you're there to be a prize fighter, you know? So uh, there's zero complaints. And here's the thing is if I went my entire career taking people down and grappling them or submitting them, but for the last 10 years, I've been working on my striking and stand up. I'm also, you know, I very much so plan on, on being a coach when I'm done. So I've still built the skill set to go on and pay it forward. So it's all money in the bank for later, regardless, but you know, you get those new skills you want to show them. But I think there's been a lot of people that reached out that watch for like intricacies and we're saying different things about like, Oh, your, your footwork looked better. Or that quick left hook. And you're like, Oh, like, thank you for picking up on that. Like we worked on those things. So it's all good. It really doesn't matter. It, bottom line is climbing the rankings, you know, making a good living. And I, and I lived to fight another day. That was the last fight or that was the one before the last fight of my contract. So it kind of relieves that of like the having to fight out your contract, any of that nonsense, you know, stuff that you don't, people don't think about when they're watching, you know? So it's all good stuff. I can't complain about not getting the, you know, show more hands or kicks or whatever. So I'm not complaining. So you, you touched on it, right? You had a change of opponent. You had a change of a date. I mean, all that, you know, a lot of switches. But, you know, you keep referring to it. It's just like, hey, this is my job. So, you know, I think about, like, how that can emotionally impact you or how it can physically impact you. But I, I don't know. The way you mentally approach it, did any of that stuff bother you at all? Or is it just like you said, it's my job, so whatever. I just take whatever happens. Yeah, it, it wasn't bothering me. You know, we lost the St. Denis fight. I think it was like. 12 or 13 days out from when we would have left for fight week. And it was just keep on keeping on. We kept training, you know, and uh, the only thing for me is I did, you know, 95% of my camp away from home. So um, you want to make sure that you're getting a fight at, at the end of it. But then as it got closer, I went home from the last day at camp. Uh, didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything. Monday came around and that was the only time I really played with my head where I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is the highest level. What's the advantage of fighting at the highest level if we're not going to have a little professionalism, you know? That's not a knock on the UFC. It's just one of those things being like, I put a lot of money, time, effort, sacrifice into the camp, and now I know nothing. And it wasn't until like 9.15, you know, I'm on the East Coast. I know the office is out there at West, but uh, 
where I even heard a potential name and it ended up being Carl's. And I was like, man, like this is, I'm not getting on a plane tomorrow. If it's just going to have to turn back around to come back and get in camp and jet lag, all that crap. I'm like, that's when I was like, can we just do this next week? Because at least I don't care about the opponent or anything. At least I don't have 10 adrenaline dumps on Monday. Every time my phone buzzes of looking for, you know, I'm not getting on the plane without a contract. And I know I'm not in a position to strong on the UFC, but I just kind of said to my manager, uh, you know, Jason house. And then he's like, I'll talk to Sean. And then he got back to me. My bags were packed at that point. It was like midnight. I'm getting ready to go to bed. We have a flight in like 10 hours. And he texts back and was like, February 25th. And I was like, holy cow. All right. So just extended the camp and went on. But that was the only time it got emotional where it was like, this is, this is crazy. Like this is taking the fun out of it because I don't even know if I get to fight at the end of this nonsense. And I'm definitely not going to get paid if I don't get fight because I'm not a main event or an alternate or something where like, cause people would say that if you go out there and weigh in, will you get paid? You're like, no, this is a prelim fight. Uh, and it's not COVID era where like, you didn't know beforehand that your opponent fell out. So, um, you know, just the logistics stuff, you know, you start to get a little agitated at the end, but it was all for, you know, it, it all worked out, you know, and with me and my faith, I, I really believe that that was God's plan for my life, you know, so I'm in no position to complain or whine about it. That was the only day where it was a little stressful. And then the next day it was like, all right, let's get back in camp. Let's go. That's awesome, man. Way to lay it out there. Well, you go out there, you, you as you said, you know, fighting Carl Deaton, kind of, kind of an unknown, but Dude, dude was tough as hell, man. I mean, were you expecting that? Like, did you know what you were facing going in there? Or was it just kind of a, a wild card? Like, I mean, I, I, a great performance from you, but I had, to, I had to respect his durability as well. For sure. I don't think he's ever been finished. We knew that. It was one of those where you're like, all right, like this is going to be one of those annoying guys that even if I am better, like I think I will be, like he's not going away. Okay, we're going to be in this for 15 minutes, you know. Um, I try not to look at, you know, in the past, I'm just out of curiosity. That stuff doesn't affect me. I'll look at the odds, just, you know. I looked at nothing. I'm like, I don't even want to think about the fact that it's his first fight in the UFC, even though he has more experience than me and just a bunch of nonsense, you know? Uh, but we knew how durable he was. I watched him in his PFL fight and that guy that he fought was like kind of a blue chip prospect and he arguably, you know, won that fight. So just a lot of stuff going in where you're like reading on his background. He's well-rounded, wrestled growing up. And then you're like, all right, like, wrestled growing up. It has pro boxing fights. Like this is going to be a tough out. So, um, I just prepare for everybody like they're the toughest. Pro I mean, growing up, I lost so much in jiu-jitsu and stuff that like I, I jokingly, but also kind of seriously, I'm like, dude, you can put a 10-year-old kid across the cage and I'd find a way to be like, well, I saw him warming up and he looked pretty fast and sharp. Like I just, I know better now than to expect anything to go easily because fighting is nuts. So uh, yeah, but he, he definitely, you know, I knew he was going to be like that, but I, maybe other people didn't think that because they saw like, you know, debut or something. Yeah, no doubt. I thought the odds were, were crazy, man. But, uh, you know, you went out there and proved that you were deserving of that. So you mentioned your wife being there. You got a surprise visit from the family, right? I guess how much did that mean to you? And it, it was funny because earlier you talked about the difficulty of being away from home for as long as you were. So I guess how special was it to have uh, a surprise visit? How cool was that? Yeah, that was spectacular. You know, we were in the middle of the weight cut and it, it wasn't a bad weight cut. I have never had a bad weight cut. It was long. It was just tedious. Like it just wasn't coming off fast. I never got like sick or anything that would affect performance, but it was just one of those. It took a long time. And it was the first time cutting all of it the night before. And uh, I mean, we were planning on getting a little off and going to bed. I'm like, guys, honestly, the way it's not coming. And uh, we didn't have a chair in our sauna bag from the UFC. It was a mess. So they had bought up a different chair from the hotel. And then there was another knock at the door. My buddy, my corner, who they all knew and I didn't know. And they're like, who could this be? And I'm like, huh? And I look up, I'm like, what are you doing here? So, uh, and man, like I really didn't realize until that moment, like I needed that, you know, because we went through all the quarantine fights and she couldn't come. And I was like, well, you know, I prefer her to be here, but I'm fine. And then 
this was the one that I think maybe just the being away from home and stuff would have been the breaking point if she wasn't there. So, uh, man, what a blessing that was. And then, you know, she didn't think she was coming to the fight or anything. And uh, it's funny because I had requested tickets for the original fight. And on Thursday, after we knew we weren't probably weren't fighting, I got a, the confirmation. And I'm like, well, my wife's not coming now. But my coach, uh, who I stay with all camp, Jeff Jimmo, his father-in-law, his wife's dad, was fighting in a boxing match. He's 70 years old in Vegas the following weekend. <laughs> so they were all going. Yeah, it was like some Masters Open. And uh, so his wife was like, hey, like we're going to be out there. We would still take the tickets. I'm like, awesome. I requested three for that weekend. Never heard back. So I'm like, oh, it must be a busier card. So I had to find the lady at Wayans and was like, hey, like they can't come because actually the boxing match is the same time. Uh, but uh, my wife's here. She's probably, is there any way? And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're in. So uh, she ended up getting to come to the fight, you know, and that's why on the walkout, like, I'm always like real stoic, real serious. And like, I just like, I heard her go absolutely nuts. And I just kind of smiled. I was like, man, like we're back to, it's like I was back at CFFC, you know, where like I'd only sell 10 tickets and I could hear the only one person in the crowd was her losing her mind, like for a hundred. So it was just kind of like, I got like almost instant chills, you know, it was just, it was awesome. And then, you know, the other thing is she's a, you know, our daughter was at home, but she was pregnant with our son. So, uh, you know, he's kind of there too. And that was like the last person I, I kissed goodbye, I kissed her goodbye. And I, you know, kissed her belly goodbye. And he's, cool. he's got a big old bump there. And I was like, dang, like it kind of sunk in. Like this is the first one, you know, with the sun too. So it was just cool. The whole thing was cool. That's awesome, man. So great that, that worked out. All right, well, let's talk about it. I mean, now you're back home. Uh, I guess what the focus is on uh, promoting your grappling event right now. Are you back training? Like uh, what's, what's going on? Yeah, I do that night. Cause I couldn't sleep, you know, the adrenaline. So I'm answering emails and stuff. I'm like, it was supposed to be a month after my fight. Now it's three weeks. We got to crack down. You know, if people think running MMA events or MMA guys are kind of divas, the only jiu-jitsu guys can be very, very difficult. Like they back out or, oh, this guy, I read he's five pounds heavy. You're like, oh my gosh. So I was like putting out fires all week. And then right afterward, emailing my registration had a problem with some of the parents were emailing me. It was so funny. I'm answering and they're going back and being like, oh, can you please tell Joe congrats? I wanted to be like, I'm a one man show. It's all me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, but, but yeah, that's it. Promoting the grappling. I've got a, my teammate. Actually, I'm wearing a shirt. Tom Lane from Jim O's fighting that ring combat this weekend. It'll be his third pro fight. So I'm going to go up and corner him up in Jersey, which means I'll get to see my old coach, John Hassett train up there. So it's just back to the grind. You know, this is, uh, this is what I love to do. So it's really not stressful or annoying. You know, I'm home, got to come home and hang out with my daughter all week. And uh, yeah, just back to it. But we have all in on the 18th down here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, got a really cool card for that with super fights and stuff, tournament during the day. So uh, yeah, it was right back to logistics, you know, getting the t-shirts ordered and the medals and just the whole nine, you know, and uh, that's going to be more of an adrenaline dump in the fight. We're going to run around like chickens without our head and uh, have a jiu-jitsu party. It's a blast. So just trying to run with all of it. You know, it's one of those like strike while the iron's hot, trying to do some seminars and just, this is a short ride. So we're just trying to, you know, squeeze the juice out of all of it, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, back to the grind and back to travel, back to teaching and training last night. So it's just fun. It's just fun to be back. I love it, man. You definitely, uh, embrace the entire lifestyle, man, of being in this, as you said, as your job. So I guess from the fighting side, I mean, you're going to keep yourself busy. You got the family going on. You got the promoting going on. You got the coaching going on. You got a lot going on. But, I mean, fighting is, is going well as, as well. So, I guess, what's the plans? I mean, do you start pushing right away for another fight? Do you just kind of sit back and wait and hear what happens? You got a date on the calendar circled based around the uh, the uh, birth that's coming up? I mean, uh, talk to me about, you know, when we see you again. Yeah, I mean, I'm super healthy. Uh, I did. <laughs> I have a dent in my shin that I 
couldn't even, like grapple the Saturday before the fight without like screaming. And then uh, I collapsed in the workout room on Tuesday night. Like I was like, let's test this out and see. Cause we knew Carl stood with his foot turned in more like a boxer. I was like, love that calf kick. The last two seconds of the camp, the last sparring session, last round, last two seconds. I was like, let's put a stamp on this through a calf kick and just hit something, a knee. And uh, yeah. So like, I mean, I'm like, I think it feels better. I got my brother's a great PT here in Wilmington conquer movement. He dry needled. I'm like, it's feeling good. Let's test it out. My buddy threw the lightest kick ever in the warm-up room Tuesday and, like, collapsed. I'm like, great. So, other than that, I'm healthy. I'm good to go. So, back training, yeah. I mean, pushing for a fight never seems to really work out for me. It just doesn't happen. So, uh, I think we just wait. But, you know, I got a great manager. He was talking about what's you know, we're going to try to work for next. And, uh, you know, I think I think we're going to, you know, get something here before the baby's born, hopefully. Um, if not, give me two months on the other side of it just so I can be there for the birth. Just because I have to go away for camp and stuff now. So, uh, you know, either either a, a month before or after, I think I'd be good to go. So, you know, I'm always kind of ready. We're always, you know, three weeks out from being peaked. I feel like I train all year long. So, um, you know, I'm, just, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, fighting is my priority. You know, my family and fighting are my, my priorities. Everything else is fun. And, and, you know, it's great to have other avenues and all that. But all of that goes away without fighting. You know, fighting is the main event, main course. Um, so, you know, we always have to focus on that. I'm not ever skipping a session to, you know, go match make for my tournament or something. It's, it's, it's fighting, you know, that's, that's my career. Everything else is setting up stuff for maybe after fighting, but that's the same reason I never like, you know, other than, and also, you know, being a broke fighter for most of my career, but never had like a, a gym or something, you know, it, it does take away sometimes. So, um, yeah, just picking some things that don't take away from fighting, but it's just training all year long. That's, you know, I'd rather make less money and have a better fight career because I only get one crack at this. So, yeah, I'm just trying to climb the ranks and, and keep going on, you know, and uh, it's been working so far. It's been great. We have one hiccup in the UFC, but uh, even that was a, was a blessing in disguise. So, yeah, just see what's next. I love it, man. Well, listen, man, you look fantastic. I guess go heal up that shin, uh, get ready <laughs> for the birth. Uh, we know how much of a headache it is to promote events, so good luck with all that. And uh, we definitely look forward to seeing what's next for you, man. And, uh, you know, appreciate the CFSC plug there as well, man. We always always like to work those Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm trying to get in that commentary booth with uh, you and CM Punk, bro. I see they, they'll bring guys in, and I'm like, he was good, but he was more of a personality. I could be better spoken than that, I'm telling you. I'm like, Rob Haydack, get me in there, man. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited uh, for all of it, and I love CFSC. Man, that, that – CFFC prepared me for the UFC more than anything is having those cameras in your face. The interview it's, it's, it used to feel like a mini UFC, but now at the apex, it feels bigger than the UFC sometimes. So, uh, a huge shout out to CFFC. I wouldn't be here without them. I love that. I love that. So you're a good man. You're a good man. Best <laughs> of luck with your promotion. Best of luck with the next fight, the family, all that. And, uh, just look forward to seeing what's next, man. John, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Take care. That was Joe Selecki. Uh, transitions do i need a little i mean is the whoosh is it necessary i mean the, the, the conversation's over do i need something there do i need a little a little bumper music a little something in between i don't know i'm still figuring this out <laughs> um enjoy the conversation with joe all the things that kind of happen behind the scenes we, we, we never hear about man and that's what's always attracted me to the sport too and and um you know just Something I think you have to recognize when you're talking about fighters' performances and, you know, whether they look good on a certain night or bad on a certain night or certain results is remember there's so much more going on than just the X's and O's of being in there in the cage, you know what I mean? So um, always something to consider. And I tell you what, one of the mindset things that really um, 
struck me a little bit there was when he was talking about, you know, the fact that he can make a, a, a 10 year old, you know, seem like a, a, a difficult opponent, you know, and oh, here's the challenges. It's interesting. It's such a balance, right? Because on the one hand, it's probably healthy. Um, to have that respect for anybody that you're in there against. As we said, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're competing against in the UFC. They're going to be good. I mean, even somebody that might be the worst fighter on the roster, they'll whoop your ass <laughs> real quick. You know what I mean? They're good. And so you got to be aware of that. But um, I just found it interesting to kind of build them up because, you know, there's a, there's a delicate balance there between building them up too much, you know, and making the moment seem too big in any certain situation. So, I thought it was smart, but it's also uh, potentially overwhelming as well. So you got to strike that balance for sure. And, uh, of course, shout out to the CFSC veteran. You know I got that CFSC love. I wasn't going to bring it up, but if he's going to bring it up, you know, we're always going to work in a little CFSC plug we can. So uh, best of luck to Joe Selecki now on his grappling show. It is hard, man, putting on events. There's a lot of stuff going on there. So um, props to him for doing that, and uh, best of luck to him. And we'll see what's next for Joe Selecki. Uh, the next interview I did today earlier was uh, fellow UFC lightweight Jordan Levitt, who was also in action this past weekend. The big TKO win over Victor Martinez. Uh, certainly we think of, of Jordan as a bit of a grappler, but he went out there and showed he's got some strikes as well, so we talked to him about his big TKO win. All right, it is uh, gifted knockout artist Jordan Levitt. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, one, one of the heavy hitters in the division. I mean, <laughs> talk to me, Jordan. Are, are you walking around with your chest pumped out a little bit after getting a big KO like that? Yeah, testosterone Levitt. That's what the internet is saying, you know, <laughs> feeling quite manly. I'm now a grappling specialist, but half my UFC wins are by knockout. So not too shabby for a guy that came into the UFC with no knockouts. I love that. Well, it's funny, right? Because we, I mean, when we think about you, of course, we think about the grappling game that you have. But I mean, this was incredible work in the clinch. So, I mean, going into this fight, did you think like, hey, there is an opportunity here. Let's try things out here. Or was this just like crazy flow of the moment? I mean, how did this all play out? Um, I I knew I'd have the advantage in the clinch. But I thought since his boxing was, gen he's generally he's pretty clean boxer, has good footwork circles the right direction so I wasn't quite sure I'd be able to force the clinch and be very dominant like an offensive from that position um he did pretty good at defend he defended the first shot pretty perfectly and I think the old me from about a year ago might have panicked a little bit then but I knew after feeling his strength that if I got to the clinch again I could secure some damage and that's what happened so that's awesome yeah I mean that's what was most impressive about it right was I thought I mean it's not like it was just one shot. I mean, you're you're throwing elbows, you're throwing knees, you're going to the bodies, you're going to various levels. So, I mean, I, I guess, like, has that been a primary focus of yours, like, in training is getting ready for positions like that? Yeah, surprisingly, I, I spend most of my training hours not grappling, but striking and clinch striking. But then when you fight, you know, the pressure's on, so you go to what feels most comfortable. So the past few fights, even though I have – put way less hours into my grappling that's still where i've gone but this is the first fight where i really felt like i was pressing my pressing my advantages on the feet and i was pressuring and i was throwing good volume and it felt like i was sparring so i'm finally glad that the drilling's finally becoming second nature i don't have to think so much i love it is has that been challenging for you or has that been like what you've wanted to do because right i think for a lot of people it's easy to to go into the room and do what you're best at right because you're comfortable there it's easy you feel good you don't feel like you're awkward or doing things wrong or whatever so has it been a challenge for you to focus on those things that maybe weren't your primary strength or is that kind of easy for you in, in what you want to do 
it's what I want to do. So I've been wanting to strike more in my fight career. But I got to the UFC with only seven fights. They had only been pro for like two and a half years, something like that. So I didn't really have a lot of experience. I was really wet behind the ears. So I went from making no money, you know, living in a very poor like lifestyle to getting my UFC contract. Now there was all this pressure. You know, like, oh, if I win, my wife doesn't have to work. We could have the baby. We're all stable. And I got a bonus my first fight. And, like, getting that much money after being really poor was very, um, like, jolting. And I think it kind of kind of scared me in the next few fights. I was like, okay, like, money's really a big deal now as opposed to beforehand. Like, I was just doing it for, like, the love of it. So it's been a little bit of, like, a mental roller coaster for me trying to figure out how to you know, get my mind ready for fight day. I think I finally got the formula down. That's awesome. So where do you stand now? Are you doing this because, uh, I mean, you, you got another bonus. So, I mean, are you doing this because you're chasing that paper or are you doing this because it's just what you love to do? I love to do, but I also love not being poor. So <laughs> it works out pretty damn good. <laughs> I hear that. All right. So talk to me about the plans for this bonus. Is uh, Is it just to help pay for that new house and help pay for that new car? Or do you go spoil yourself at all and buy any toys or anything? What's the, what's the plans for it? I think I'm going to buy a fancy little metal crown. We're looking at it. That's the kind of my bougie thing. Little gift to myself. And then I'm going to pay off my car. I bought a car like 20 days ago, and now I could pay it off. So that's going to be kind of a cool moment. You know, I'm going to pay for it in cash. That'll be an exciting day. So... <laughs> I, I, no, 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 promise me you'll actually pay for it in cash like not you're gonna write a check which technically qualifies as paying for it in cash like will you go get like stacks of one dollar bills and just hand it all over that way well one dollar bills will take a bit but i'm i'm paying in cash that's been like a bucket list thing i was like my next big purchase i would love to buy something in all cash you know um and i'm finally gonna do it so very happy about that that's a little check off the bucket list for sure I love it, man. That's awesome. All right. I got to ask you, uh, cause I wasn't there. I was, I was in the arena, of course, so I was in the apex, but I didn't get to go back to the back of the house. Uh, but I saw this suit that you were rocking in there post fight. I mean, style, I mean, the drip was there, I guess. Uh, talk to you about the, the inspiration between, uh, for the suit that you had on. Well, my grandpa was a G and you know, he was always a really big supporter of me and my career and like my interests. Like, he was one of the few people outside my parents who would come to my wrestling matches and had the free time and, the you know, and actually really care about that avenue of my life. So when he passed away, like, right before I got to UFC, it was a little bit, like, heart-wrenching for me because I was, like, one of my main supporters as I, like, went on this journey. But then when I was in the paddy camp, I was like, oh, I want to wear my grandpa's suit. Like, I'm big enough for it now because I was at 45 with a little loose on me. And I was like, it'll fit perfectly. But then I lost. But... I was cutting weight um, last week and I was like, saw the, you know, picking out my clothes. I saw it hanging up and I was like, it's not too late. I still fit that suit, you know, and I won the fight. Got to go and get into my grandpa's old like vintage suit in mint condition. Basically, it was a nice moment. I love it, man. That's that that makes it even better. It's better than just style when you hear the story behind it. You know, you you, you touched on the patty thing. You know, I've seen you kind of embrace it i mean you've mentioned it right like ah oh, i got teabagged and uh, you know blah 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 and i don't know it's like you, you make jokes about it and i think that's i mean i think that's the way to deal with it right that's all you can do like losses suck and all that but 
I mean, but has it weighed heavy on you? I mean, I see you kind of embracing it and joking about it on social media, but I mean, was that a, a difficult, you know, result to move past? For sure. Um, it was embarrassing. Some of the Patty fans, like, like trolling me for several months was a little annoying. You know, it takes a little, like every little bit of mental energy kind of like adds up. And I've always been a person that can make like a laugh at myself, laugh at, laugh at my misfortunes, you know, because life a lot of the times is absurd and silly. Would I, you know, is getting twerked on better than getting slept and injured? hundred percent. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing that could have happened fight night, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't anything I wanted to happen, you know? So yeah, just run a fit. This life, this, this sport has a lot of highs and lows, but this is my dream. So even the worst times in this sport is better than my time before this sport. And I'm still happy. And it's still, you know, there's one step on the hero's journey. There's ups and downs, but I think it generally is going to trend upward. So I just try to embrace all of it and make peace of all of it. I love it, man. That's such a great way to look at it. This sport is so unique, right? I mean, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, it's, it's a cliche. I mean, I think people have said it so often that you don't even really think about what it means. But, I, I mean, it is such an emotional journey, right? I mean, every time out there, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I love this sport, and at the same time, I hate this sport sometimes. I feel like it's, it's the most heart-wrenching thing for you guys to go through. Yeah, it's just such a personal, raw, primal thing that we do. You walk into a cage, and, like, your friends and family are all watching. You don't have any weapons. You beat the crap out of each other. Three people... Uh, your ringside time get to decide who wins or who loses like the emperor holding up his thumb deciding thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> like it's crazy it's really stupid when you break it down and i'm just i'm just so glad that i get to like live my life being a ninja being a warrior it's kind of weird not what i thought i'd be when i was a kid but i always dreamed i'd be that so that's awesome man i'm sure you're all everybody knew you were going to be a badass cage fighter from day one right when I was the same height, but like 98 pound vegetarian who like would sit alone in the hallway at lunch, I didn't think I'd be a ninja ever, you know, <laughs> but eventually I grew into this person I am now. And I think it's very interesting when people see me from high school and they're like, oh, you're still the same person. And I was like, why did no one tell me I was a cool little bad A person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man that's so great all right so listen obviously this is a big result for you and i know uh you were mentioning uh on social media you know a lot of changes that you had to do a lot you know i i guess i want to ask you i mean what do you, i mean obviously the result was crazy we didn't expect you to get a knockout in the clinch but i guess what were the chief changes that you think you made you know in the preparation for this that really ended up paying off for you my so like i've always done like follow all the rules like i go to team practice i go to jujitsu you know, but there's like a state of like diminishing returns where you go to jiu-jitsu class, but maybe you're learning moves that don't really apply to your fight game. Or you go to a certain practice and you're learning things that's never going to, you know, apply for your specific style, for your specific camp. So for this camp, I really, um, you know, put a lot of money forward, was paying for private lessons of coaches, doing very deliberate drilling, doing game plan stuff for like 12 weeks for the entirety of the camp, as opposed to like a few sessions on fight week so really just kind of focusing on what i needed to do and surrounding myself with people that wanted to see me succeed and trying to like avoid like drama sparring with people i don't want to spar with and 
kind of like minimizing like my circle, not being open to so many people, not doing as many interviews, not doing as many anything, really just trying to, you know, have more quality in my life and training and in my personal life as opposed to quantity. And I definitely felt way more, like I'm usually pretty confident. Like I'm, I have anxieties, but I wouldn't accept the fights if I didn't think I could win. But I felt ready for this fight for like seven weeks. And it was the first time where I wasn't thinking in my head, like, well, I could grind this one out. Like I could figure out a way. And it was like, no, I am going to find out a way. You know, it wasn't like a question of if in my head, it was a question of how I'm going to do it. And yeah, I was just glad to have a lot of people around me that like just gave me a little bit more love and a little bit more attention. And it worked out. That's awesome, man. That's great insight. And that's probably the one that a lot of athletes need to understand. So I think that's a uh, great advice there. So listen, uh, great win, uh, great financial reward. It seems like, uh, mentally, every, I mean, it just seems like everything's going right for you right now. So I guess the big question is what's next. I mean, do you take a little time off and, and enjoy it and focus on the life you have outside of the cage? Or is it like, let's book something again as quickly as we can and keep this momentum rolling. Like what, what's, what's the next move for you? Oh, I want to stay busy. I want to stay busy. I want to fight in the T-Mobile. I want to have a crowd that doesn't, you know, that loves me, doesn't hate me. I don't want to have like 12 people, like everyone at the Apex. I knew a I knew everyone in the crowd, but it was only like 18 people. So I would love for my family, my wife to be able to come and see me fight for the first time in a long time. And I just got to stay ready because this sport is crazy. Fights are, as we can see from this past event, even the most important fight in the card can fall off. So I just got to stay ready and stay prepared and good things will happen. I love it. So would you take me with you saying that? Cause I'm essentially, cause you talked about your preparation and how, you know, you know, detailed it was and how confident it made you, but you're saying stay ready. So are you up for like short notice opportunities? I mean, you say you're fight, you want to fight at T-Mobile. I think they might be there on Saturday. I mean, you're like, Hey, let's let, you know, call your boy. If you got a spot open. Yeah. 1000%. Like I want the preparation, but I look at the matchups around my ranking and I'm very confident. I've been do I always am watching film every day, every day. So yeah, I'm ready. I have to be. And you know, I got a little money. I think I want a little more. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jordan, I appreciate you taking a few minutes. Congratulations. Showing new wrinkles to the game, which I think is awesome. So now people can't just say, hey, I just got to stay away from the grappling. I'm going to be safe. So, man, a fantastic performance and continued financial successes and personal successes as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing what's next. All right. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. All right. That was Jordan Levitt. I, I will still put these uh, interviews out on video as well, but I just want to mention, since we're talking in audio format, he had a really nice video setup that we I commented on afterwards. Is the, the picture was nice and crisp. He had a nice little background, and, and, the, and the background was like a uh, like a library or something. And I was, and I, I was like, oh, I just commented on his setup. And he's like, yeah, I use this setup to do book reviews as well. I guess he has a YouTube channel where he does book reviews, so... Uh, I will have to check that out. I've not had a chance to go look at it yet, but uh, you know, an interesting character, man. You know, he's in the USC, and yeah, yeah, just do book reviews on the side. So, uh, but you know, listen, started out with a joke about him being a, a knockout artist, but hey, look, he did look dangerous in there, and it's you know, it's challenging sometimes to you know admit your weaknesses, I guess, uh, and to address them rather than just say, well, I'm really good at this, so I'm just going to keep doing that, and I think that'll get me where I need to go. Um, but it's paying dividends for him. So he's, he's investing the time and doing it. And, uh, 
certainly worked out for him there. And I, I thought the other really intriguing part about that uh, conversation was the the approach to individualized training, right, and really focusing on you. Um, it's interesting that years and years ago, Dana White kind of got uh, a lot of criticism for it, but he talked about the fact that he doesn't like the way kind of the MMA super camps are evolving. Now, uh, used to, when you talked about that, you were talking about like American Top Team and Jackson Wink, of course, right? Those were the two big ones. Uh, I mean, now you've got, of course, uh, Kill Cliff, which is the former Black Zillions. That's become a, a major super camp as well. Um, and honestly, here in Vegas, you know, Extreme Couture and Syndicate are turning into those as well just because there's so many people moving out here to Las Vegas so they can take advantage of all that the Performance Institute has to offer. And, you know, there's a lot of people that just come here for camp or whatever, so a lot of bodies roll through there. So it's all it's good. I mean, that's a good thing, I think, to get access uh, to the kind of sparring partners and things like that. But you're right. I mean, if, if every coaching session isn't tailored to you, you know, for whatever reason – you know, we're working on clinch work that day, but your game doesn't have any clinch work uh, planned for it or what have you. know what I mean? It's just whatever. So it's kind of a, an interesting, but, you know, you got to pay those coaches for their time too. So it's a smart approach, but it does cost you a little bit as well. But, you know, it can, it can certainly be an investment. So, And I do hope he goes in there and pays legit cash. When he says he's paying cash for his car, I hope it's legit like stacks of cash, not just, you know, not just going and writing a check. I mean, that's – like I said, that's technically paying cash. I want to see him going in there with stacks of cash, so hopefully he shares that video on social media. Uh, the next conversation today was uh, the great ape, Alexander Hernandez. Uh, still don't know if I'm 100% on that nickname yet. I, I mean, Alexander the Great, but I guess, you know, you got Volkanovski, so you got to kind of change it up a little bit. But uh, he did have a big decision win over Jim Miller. Of course, Jim Miller's a legend, future Hall of Famer for me, no doubt about it. I mean, just the the longevity that he's put in. That deserves to be in there, whether he was ever a champion or not. Um, and he showed it. I mean, he, Jim Miller, an absolute savage, you know, went out there and brawled and, and damn near got to come from behind, finish at the end. But ultimately, it was Alexander Hernandez who came out on top and a big win for him. And one that, one that Alex mentioned going in, he really needed and um, and he got it done. So uh, a big, big win for him and uh, got a chance to, to catch up with him uh, about a week and a half after that result. So here is uh, the great ape. It is Alexander, the great ape Hernandez, who is coming off a uh, a key victory, man, over a legend, man. You've had a little time to reflect on it, man. I mean, Jim Miller, I mean, future Hall of Famer. G- give me your thoughts on this win, man, because I-, I thought this was a big one for you. Yeah, it was massive. The timing was really important. And um, and just for me, mentally, getting that win and getting over that hurdle was really important. You know, I went from walking to the plank <laughs> to, to getting a hand on the wheel and getting a new contract after that fight. So, uh it, it was it was a big deal for sure that's awesome so did you get the new deal already or is that in the in progress yeah no no got got a new deal um got a new deal and i'm and i'm trying to stay busy you know i kind of messed up my hand uh my thumb i got a few displaced fractures in it so i'm going to the earth ortho tomorrow just to see what the verdict is on that but based on that man i'm trying to roll in like right away in april and may kind of time frame and just get lo- get a busy year man this whole year's like Name, name of the year's redemption for me. So I'm trying to really get after it. I love it, man. Well, congrats on that. Let me ask you about this fight, right? I mean, obviously, uh, the durability of Jim Miller in there. I mean, I, I mean, we've, we've all had an opportunity to see him compete, but actually being in the cage with them, hitting them with Unreal. these shots, and the man won't go away. I mean, was, was it surprising even to you? 
Yeah, uh, unreal, man. There was something. There was a moment. Vince Bichot was in my corner, was saying that he was like, "Man, he's gonna be tough. He's gonna surprise you with how tough he is. Don't let that discourage you." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, dude, but I crack harder than you. I'm gonna put him out." And man, there was once every single round where I would where I would land like one or two major strikes. I see his eyes kind of roll back a little bit. I'd see him fall back into the cage. It's like, okay, it's the beginning of the end. And he would turtle up, bust back a combo, and then he was back like went completely back. And I was like, this guy's built out of something else. You know, he is, he's super tough, super durable. And man, it wasn't just the fight I wanted. It was the fight I needed. It really was. I mean, I, I needed that fight. I like it. And you needed it not yeah. just for the result, but you think you just needed it for like pushing you and just like getting you yeah. into a certain state. Yeah. I need, I need to, I need to handle the dog that, that Jim Miller was. And, um, I need to see myself execute continually over three rounds, you know, with the adversity of even that back take, you know, just something nice, just to spice up the end of the fight. Uh, that, that was, that was great too. You know, it was just, it was just good for, for me personally, that fight was everything I needed. That's awesome. All right. The back take did add some flavor. Now I know yeah. the cool yeah, thing is like, I, it, it wasn't close. I was good. All that. But was there a, <laughs> maybe a little panic in there? Maybe a little concern oh. in there? There was respect. <laughs> there was respect for it. That's for sure. Man, I went to, uh, I kind of went to tripod initially, and um, and I mean, what a what a quick little son of a bitch he is. I mean, that was so fast. The way I, I slipped, I turned, and he was already um, forearm right under the chin, uh, two hooks in, and so I kind of went to shake, but I didn't like the way it felt with the way his arm was already creeping under. So I thought. I'm going to have to settle this on the ground. So um, went fully to the ground, fought to try to get my head to the, to the safe side. He was, of course, trying to keep me on the choke side. And that was kind of the battle. And then once I was able to clear it, it was tight. But I felt pretty safe. But I was conscious enough to think, which in the past, you know, I kind of got lost in the moment. And this moment, I was like, he's going to have to put me out. I'm not, I'm not conceding here. He's going to have to put me out. And then another moment passed, and I was like, I might be able to get out of this shit. And so then, you know, wiggle my way into a reversal and then it was on. I was like, I gotta, I gotta finish stronger. I'm gonna go off on him. And so I just started, I started wailing like he was my big brother. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of a way to finish the fight, man. So I, I want to yeah. ask you, ask, man, ahead of the fight, right? You were talking about, Hey, maybe this short notice is better for me, man. And I think about you and your career, just what an intense dude you are, man. I mean, how you're always just 110% out there and everything you do. I mean, this short nose thing, I mean, was that a big part of your performance, you think? Is maybe, I mean, is, is there maybe like a different mental approach that you have uh, to take than you've taken before? I really need the short notice for this particular moment. Not necessarily even that short. I just need to get in there and do it, man. Like, I spent so much time in the gym and these last few fights, you know, I haven't been nearly as active as I want to be just for whatever, you know, whether it's the politics in the UFC or injuries or life or, you know, win or losses. Um, and these last couple of camps have been, you know, four months. I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm in the gym before that anyway. So it's like these six month intervals in between fights and you're just, you're just working, you know, you're just working and there's not really any reward of the work other than just the satisfaction of the work itself, which is fine. But then I'll get to these moments. I'll get to the fight itself and I'll, I'll build it up and my confidence has been so shaken over the last couple of years and just, you know, I'm kind of battling these doubts and different things over the course of camp. And I get there and, and truthfully, I'm not like my last fight before Miller. I'm just not enthusiastic to fight. I'm, I'm not, 
you know, that Quarantilla fight, the last thought I had before walking out was, um, why? Why am I doing this? Wow. Which is just the worst, <laughs> just the worst place to be mentally before you make the walk. And, um, and I didn't want to give myself time to, to really get, get in that, get in that swing. But also, man, I was so angry because I put in so much work that cut, that cut took a lot, everything about it. I, I just put so much work in and, uh, and it come up short and just by my own demise, I felt like I just did to myself, you know, um, the physical was a push, but it was the mental. Like I accepted certain things that I shouldn't have accepted and and, uh, and I came up short and, uh, and I was so mad about that. And, uh, and I wanted to redeem that so badly just for myself. I didn't give a damn about, you know, the public eye or anything like that. I just, I needed to fix it for myself. And this short notice opportunity was just that. And it, and it definitely did help. Like I said, it was a fight I needed because it got me in the right headspace. I proved something to myself over the course of that fight. And it showed me uh, a cadence. Man, I'm so much on the attack side all the time. Like I'm always on like like the A side of a track. I'm always going, going, going. I need to kind of like fall back on the B side of the track. I like, kind of balance the fight, find the counters. I got, I got good eyes. Like, I'm, I'm pretty well balanced everywhere. So, man – let's not overwork to where I start exploiting myself by the middle of the fight. Let's, let's work and exploit the opponent, you know, and, and start to really gain a big margin on him throughout the fight and then find the finish in a super cool veteran composed way. And so, man, this fight was the execution of that. And it got my mind right. Physically, I feel super confident. I've been feeling physically confident even since the, the last loss, but mentally I, I wasn't, I wasn't trusting in myself. And so um, to get this out of the way, put me back in the right headspace, the right track. And dude, I'm just like so enthusiastic to get, get the ball fucking rolling, man. I've been like kicking a fucking 80 pound stone with my ankle, you know, for the last you know few years. And it's like, I'm <laughs> whether I, whether I've done it or not yet, I'm in the headspace to just go do it, to go like roll this thing down the hill and, and get moving. And I feel, I feel better. I feel more excited about fighting than I felt, man, in four years. So I'm in a good space. That's awesome, man. That's so good to hear because you're definitely a dangerous guy. So to have the, the, the headspace in there right is so key. I will say the one thing that surprised me is that you were like, hey, oh, no, I'm definitely doing 45 again. I, so I'm just curious, like, why the commitment there? Because like you just said, that was a rough cut. Like, I just can't imagine how you get the 45. So, like, why is it that you're like, no, that's the spot for me? You know, it's not that I – yeah, I don't want it to sound like it's coming from a place of doubt in myself to 55, but – I just think it's a good move. And, and maybe I, I don't know the, the circumstances that were around that last one and the pressure I kind of put on myself definitely played a toll. I felt like physically I was just draining out like the 10 man during that fight uh, against Quarantillo. I, I just, um, but again, that was kind of the mental space I was in and I think I could do it better. And I, and I, God, man, I owe it my, to myself to do it better because I really did feel good at that weight. I felt good during camp. Um, I felt super fast and, I, and I'm an in-betweener, you know, people get kind of this like false sense of my size, but I'm not, I'm not a big ass 55. The, the reason Miller was such a good opponent too, is because he's not a big ass 55. And I made that weight on like a nine day notice, nine or 10 day notice. And so I was already within shooting range. I obviously could do that with 45. None of the guys in the top five could do that at their weight, make it on a short, you know, less than two week notice. Cause they're fucking huge. And I felt that I've always been, the smaller man in the cage at 55, always. And I'm always fighting an uphill battle is what it feels like. And again, I mean, you see you see a badass like Volk, you know, go in there and do his thing. And and you kind of realize, you know, it is what you make it to some extent. But 
that size didn't make an advantage. <laughs> it didn't make a big difference. And I want those advantages. I do. I want to stop fighting the uphill battle. And, uh, and truthfully, I think I'm more in line with a lot of those 45ers in the top 15 than I am size-wise at 155. I don't walk around. I don't ever see 180. I don't, I don't ever do that. You know, so I'm, I've got a lot of muscularity, which makes me look bigger. But when you see me in person, it's like, you're just pretty lean, you know? And then at 40, at 55, I've got a lot of water weight on me now. I'm not even like as drained out. I look honestly too comfortable and I feel too comfortable making the weight. It's just too easy now. And so 45 is a challenge, but it's one that I think I can get into a groove with. And I think with the right mental state, it won't be nearly as taxing as it was that first time. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. We'll talk to you about what's next. Like you said, the big win for you, it's got you in the right space. Uh, what now? I mean, is it, is it time off? Is it, you know, back in the gym no, right yeah. away? What's, what's going on? No, we're, yeah, we're shooting. I'm shooting all season. I'm um I was trying to get on the San Antonio card, but with the hand injury, um so I was I was already getting my weight down. I was trying to fill in for a featherweight. There's maybe four, three or four bouts on that. Someone's bound to fall out. I was like, I'll slide in, take San Antonio. Um, but I got I gotta get this hand like that. This hand might I don't know, be a little six week ordeal that I can work around. Uh but like I said, man, like May seems pretty reasonable. June. Uh try to get that early summer block and then um I got a trip playing with my girl over summer, so I really got to get it done before then, and then hit the fall, <laughs> hit the winter time. But I, I want, I want, a, I want a busy year, and I, I think I can get it. I really do. I really do. I'm, um, I'm getting out of my way right now. I got a good connection with uh, Sean, uh, Shelby, and my manager, and so I feel like we can get the momentum that I'm looking for to be busy the whole year, man. I'm not really trying to rest at all. I'm so, <laughs> so pissed. Last year was like the worst year I've ever had in my life, bro. Not just professionally, personally, everything. It was just a rough. A rough fucking year. And so, man, I want to make things right this year. You know, I don't, I don't like overthink the calendar year or 365 days or anything like that, but everyone else does. So if I'm, if I'm going to use it, I'm going to use it. You know, I'm, I'm going to make this calendar year work. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get busy. So that's my plan. I, I love it. Is, it. is this a more mature Alexander Hernandez? I just always thought of you as this angry dude that just wanted to fuck up the world, man. And now it's like, I feel like you're, you're growing up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hope so. I just hit three zero last at the end of last. I have to say, last month's been a couple months now, but uh, yeah, a little maturity comes with it. Um, fighting the best for long enough comes with it, you know. So I am, man. I, I definitely got a cool head, and that, that's what I'm saying too. I, I remember hearing Cheeto say in the past after one of his victories about his mind and body kind of meeting. Now, now this is what you're seeing is the culmination of his mental finally arriving with his physical. And I haven't strung it together yet. I feel like I'm about to. The way I, the way I feel, again, the way I feel right now, mentally and physically, I feel like I'm about to. We'll see. But um, I feel like that's where I'm at, where my mental's finally through enough loathing <laughs> and failure <laughs> and 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 remorse that I'm like, okay, we gotta get some redemption. We're gonna do it by any means. And so. Man, if I gotta fail my way to the top, I fucking will. <laughs> you know, I will. But I'm gonna get to the top. I am gonna get to the top. And uh, and I'm finally at a point to where, uh, I f this fight helped me just kind of find my mojo, helped me find the groove, and it's really, really what I want. I don't want to take any time off. I don't even, for the first time in a long time, I don't even want to train as. I just want to fight. I want to fight. I I've always been kind of more like a GSP. Who I, I love being a mixed martial arts. I love training. And fighting would make me a little, you know, I, I had to get in the right mind space, uh, space for it. I had to get in the right headspace for fighting. But I love training. Right now, where I'm at, I give a fuck about training. I just want to fight. I just want to fight people. <laughs> I want to fight every month if I could. 
And that's that's a cool place to be because I haven't been there in a while. I love it, man. That is so great to hear. The skills are there. The physical side is there. It's great to hear. It sounds like yeah. the mental side's coming together. This was a big win. And if everything's lining up, man, this could be a huge year for Alexander Hernandez. It's super exciting. Super exciting year, man. Awesome, brother. Well, congrats on a win over a legend. And uh, hopefully the hand heals up quick. And uh, we'll see you again Thank real you. soon. I appreciate it, brother. Good talking to you, man. Always such an interesting dude, man. He's just so intense. But it does seem like he's maturing a little bit, you know, and kind of smoothing out the uh, the intensity. I mean, I think that, that intensity is necessary, man. I always say to be successful. I think to be successful in just about anything, but especially to be successful in this sport, you almost have to have an unhealthy level of dedication, an unhealthy level of intensity, an unhealthy level of uh, self, you know, self-confidence. Um, but it does seem like he's kind of maturing a little bit, you know. He's he's always going to be criticized for his behavior before the Cowboy Cerrone fight. And me, as a, one of the biggest Cowboy Cerrone uh, homers of all time, of course, you know, I was like, hey, settle down, kid. But um, but I think the dude's uh, an interesting cat. And it just really does seem like he's kind of uh, maturing a little bit. And, you know, the 45 cut, he is right. Like, when you stand next to him, he's not the biggest dude for lightweight. It's just that he's so jacked that he looks like he's massive and man I don't know where he, he gets it cut but again he's got that intense level of dedication that intense level of focus um that you know I, I think if he can do it right that dude could be an absolute savage at 45 um you know especially now again now he's got his mindset right dude could be a real problem in the division so uh anxious to see what he does hopefully that hand heals up okay uh and he's not out longer than uh they needs to be. I'd forgotten about uh, San Antonio. I was glad he brought that up. That that would be a great spot for him to be, uh, but obviously not going to be able to to happen. Uh, the next conversation was the Ultimate Fighter 14 winner and uh, current BKFC and Rising contender, uh, the magician John Dotson, who just had a knockout of Jared Grant at, at Knucklemania a little earlier this month. Um, dude, he's <laughs> John Dotson is looking good right now. If you haven't been watching his BKFC highlights, check him out, man. I, I know. Um, they're on the app. Uh, the, the app is uh, the price just went up. I think it's seven ninety nine a month now. It's still pretty cheap. They're doing a lot of events. Uh, they're not doing as many. I think they're still going to try to do like one or two, you know, full on pay per views a year where it's like forty nine bucks or whatever. But for the most part, they're just doing that monthly subscription rate, and it's it's good, man. The product's good. Like the quality's nice. The you know, um, and they're signing some names, man. They're getting more and more names in there. But anyway, uh, he just had another big knockout, and uh, John Dotson. Always a dad, man. It's so funny. You know, every time I've talked to him, I've talked to him a few times lately in the past few months, he's always got his kids around, man. He's like, you know, uh, he's got one in the back seat and he's picking up another one uh, from school as he talks to me. So, you know, multitasking. I've talked to him before when he's like cooking lunch for him and uh, just being a good dad. So I always like to see that somebody can balance that. So uh, anyway, here is uh, John Dotson. It is John Dotson, who is now uh, 2-0 and in BKSC, two first-round finishes. John Dotson, tell me, I mean, are, are you loving this sport or what? Because you are fitting right in. Well, absolutely. I'm loving the fact that I keep on knocking everybody out and silencing the critics. Everybody who keeps on thinking that I'm not built for fighting anymore, who's like, oh, John should have retired, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they keep on proving everybody wrong so far, so making everybody wonder why I'm still not in the – Talks of being a champion and one of the greats of all time. I love it, man. I love it. You were definitely addressed as great. So talk to you about this latest win over Jared Grant. I mean, uh, a former champ, right? I mean, so uh, this has got to be meaningful. I mean, if not to silence the critics, maybe for you. I mean, to, I don't know how anybody can doubt you if you beat a former champion. 
Yeah, like for me going out there beating up Jared Grant is like an amazing feeling for me because of the fact that he was a former champion and I'm still telling everybody that I'm going to go ahead and be the flyweight champion. That's what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm making sure I can make a title run for. And not only that, I'm trying to go ahead and go for rising to next. So whoever they give me for MMA, I'm going to go out there and bust some heads. I love it, man. You got two sports going on well. Let, let me The thing that I've noticed about this run that you're on right now, man, the speed and the aggression that you're showing right now, it's it's crazy. It just seems like, I don't know, you're fighting as good as you ever have. So, I mean, it, where is this coming from? Is this some kind of new freedom, some kind of new mental approach? Because, I, I, like I said, the speed and aggression is phenomenal. Oh, man, I'm just getting back into the – teaching aspect of it so getting back to helping out my students make sure that they want to go ahead and compete in the same levels i have they are pushing me to go ahead and try out new things and make sure i'm leading by example instead of just sitting there being that guy like hey you need guys need to go ahead and do this do that and, and back in my day i did these things now now they got somebody's digging in the trenches with them leading by example and showing hey this shit works I love it. I wonder, too, I mean, obviously, you know, the UFC is still the, the biggest organization in the sport, of course, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there's maybe a pressure that comes along with being there. To me, it just looks to me like you've got some freedom in the way you're doing things, man. I mean, is there like some kind of pressure off your shoulders or, or I don't know, does it feel different right now? Well, it does feel different because now I'm not worried about losing my job. Like when I was in the fighting in the UFC, like constantly every time that if I had a bad performance, I was like, man. I might lose my job. I got to go ahead and keep it, secure victories and do this and do that. And now I just worry about just having fun and knocking people out again. Uh, you're doing it great, man. It, it's It's been fun to watch. So this was uh, – what I didn't know about this was this was originally supposed to be Reggie Barnett. Was that the, the plan? I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was supposed to fight Reggie Barnett for the title. Like, my goal was to go ahead and come back to Albuquerque with the new shiny little belt after I got done and beat him, Hidoro Tokoro out in Ryzen because they're like, hey, do you want to fight for the title? I was like, absolutely. The biggest event for Bare Knuckles, Knuckle Mania, making a title fight. Let's do it. I was running this. I want to make sure I can hold this strap and get the flyaway inaugural championship belt around my waist. And then they hit me with the oop doop As soon as I got back from Japan, they're like, yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, Reggie doesn't want to take the fight. I was like, what? So you're going to fight Jerry Grant. I was like, for the title, they're like, for the number one contendership to fight for the side. I was like, I was like, that's stupid. Just give me the belt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you guys are delaying the inevitable. No matter who I'm fighting, I'm going to beat them, and I'm going to knock them out, and I'm going to come out the victor. So whoever they're going to put in front of me, just Derek's going to get lay out. First round knockout. So that's all I'm trying to go for. I love it. Well, clearly the number one contender now. Reggie is fighting uh, in March, I guess. I mean, you've got to be next in line for the belt. I imagine, like they said, it's number one. So do you care if it's him or not? I mean, do you, do you it, like, has this become personal, the fact that this fight didn't happen? Like, do you do you care at all, or is it really just about the belt? It's just really about the belt. And, like, he can sit there and pretend like he didn't know my name when he was talking about doing his little interview about, yeah, I won't go down to flyweight, do this and that, blah, 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 UFC fighters. Yeah, his track record against going against UFC fighters isn't really too good. He fought – one UFC fighter that I've already knocked out completely sent him back to Ohio. He lost him twice. First time he got knocked out. Second time he got beat just one side of butt whooping for five rounds. And Johnny Bedford made sure that he made quick work of him. Like, looked like he was playing with a kid. I'll be able to do the same thing and I won't. I'm not going to be as nice and lenient to Reggie Barnett if I had to go ahead and fight him. So whoever they put in front of me, 
they can step up because I already know Reggie might say no. Like, give me somebody that's willing to participate in a butt whooping with me, and we can just go ahead and get the belt around my waist and just sit there and say, John, you are the new champion. I love it. Well, it certainly looks like it's on the horizon, but I guess uh, you're saying maybe rising as well. So, I mean, you're looking to book an MMA fight in the meantime while you wait, maybe? Of course. I got to stay active. I got to stay busy. Time is not on my side. I don't want to be like Yo Romero and be looking all super yoked and jacked and fighting that being into my 50s. I want to go ahead and start right off into the sunset saying, yo, I came out and did what I wanted to do in mixed martial arts and combat sports. And then I just want to pass on my legacy to the next generation. That's why I got all my students that I keep on telling them, hey, you guys, if I could do this, you can do it. And they're like, oh, well, I was like, stop complaining. Let's go ahead and work. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so talk, talk about your own training. I mean, do you, like, how much do you specialize ahead of an MMA fight versus ahead of a BKFC fight? Like, do you, I mean, do you have to change the whole regimen or you just kind of do no. the same thing? It's the same thing. Man, <laughs> think about it. Only thing that's different with BKFC is that I don't have to go ahead and worry about kicks and all the jiu-jitsu part of it, but we're still striking from the same distance, the same range. I have to make sure I can be outside of kicking range and explode intensively into the boxing range. So I might not be using kicks to set them up, but I still close the distance just the same. That's awesome, man. Well, you're certainly having a lot of success. Said, I guess, you know, you said it, time's not on your side, but I mean, like how long do you have? Have you put a, like a set date on it or is it just kind of how the body feels? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, how my body feels <laughs> can't give it no time frame like right now like i still look like i'm in my 20s and everyone's like oh man he just looks so i was like say it just go ahead and say it. you know i'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> well we're all we're all getting older but john I, I really do think you're fighting maybe better than ever right now man it's crazy i love seeing it me too i like enjoy the fact that it, like this is like a whole new world like you know I'm enjoying it, going out there, crushing people. And I could possibly see myself doing this till I'm like 45, 47. But I don't, I know I don't want to take that abuse that much. I want to go ahead and pass it on to them, guys. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, listen, I know you got your family there and you're, you're, you're picking up kids from yeah, school and doing it. <laughs> I love it. Staying busy all the time. So I, I won't take up too much of your time. But let me just ask you, I guess, so what does this year look like for you? I mean, I, it, like you said, number one contender. We got a title fight on March 24th. I got to think you're getting the winner of that. But you're looking to book MMA in between. I mean, how, how much are you going to fight this year? How, how, how does this year play out? As much as I can. I, the way that the, this year it plays out is that I have two titles from two different organizations around one each shoulder it doesn't matter what weight classes they can go ahead and put me at 35 45 125 155 will be a heavy stretch but i will do it if they need me to but i will just destroy everybody that walks in front of me i'm looking for only first round knockouts and if i have to go ahead and do an mma about it's going to be a first round finish i love it hey listen Double champ is, you know, obviously an impressive accomplishment, but double champ in two different organizations in two different combat sports disciplines simultaneously. That's 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 pretty special because nobody's done it yet. And the only person who has done it in a big organization was Holly Holm by sitting there holding a boxing title and then going into the UFC and becoming the UFC champion. So I want to be able to do something amazing just like that, just so I can etch my name in the further Mars of the stars. And then we can stop here and somebody sitting there saying that they're greatest combat athlete of all times with the triple C's. 
<laughs> then I can sit there and be like, I'm the best combat striker of all time. <laughs> I love it. Triple C going to take some shots. Hey, there's something special in the water out there in New Mexico with those multiple sport champions. So uh, I respect it. Mm-hmm. All day, man. I'm going to make sure. I, and then I'll try to get some combat jiu-jitsu. Listen, I don't <laughs> jiu-jitsu, but it's still the part of combat. I will slap the hell out of somebody. I'll be like, mm, where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. John Dodson, man, continued successes. Looking forward to uh, what plays out this year, whether it be in uh, Ryzen, whether it be BKC, whether it be combat jiu-jitsu, you know we'll be tuned in. So uh, congratulations, and we'll see what's next. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Always exciting, John Dodson, always with a big smile on his face and uh, an upbeat attitude, but I'm telling you, he looks good right now, and I really do think um, there's something to be said for just like the pressure being off of those of the USC spotlight. Man, he's he's aggressive, he's quick, he's coming out there just throwing hands. Um, he's looking good, man. He's looking really good right now. I've been really really impressed by his performances in BKSC. Obviously, the performance in Rising as well. Um, so anxious to see what he can do, even at this stage of his career. And uh, <laughs> love lo- love that Triple C can't get through an interview without getting some stray shots here and there, but. Uh, man, that would be that would be hell of an accomplishment. I mean, you know, to hold a, a bare knuckle belt and an MMA belt at the same time in two major promotions. I understand, you know, it, you can't really do that in the USC because they're not going to let you compete outside of it in something else. But BKFC and Ryzen, those are two pretty major promotions. So to hold two belts simultaneously, if he can really pull that off, I mean, that's like more impressive of a double champ status than holding a belt in two weight classes, I think. It's, I mean, I know it's kind of the same thing at the end of the day. It's combat sports, but it's but it's different. You know, it's different disciplines. So to be able to rule two different uh, organizations like that, that'd be a hell of an accomplishment. And you're kind of joking about the combat jujitsu, but yeah, man, add in a third, like my goodness, what are we talking about? So. Um, anyway, pretty cool stuff from John Dawson. And then finally, the final conversation day, Ode Osborne, uh, USC flyweight, got the razor-thin win over Charles Johnson this past weekend. Hard fought, man. I mean, this thing went tooth and nail to the very edge. I wasn't sure. When the fight was over, uh, Alex Buchanan actually kind of looked over at me, and he was like, who do you think? And I was like, I think maybe Charles. I was like, but maybe O'Day? I'm not sure. It was just so tightly contested. Uh, ultimately, though, Ode Osborne uh, got the win, and, uh, really respect the effort that he put in here and, uh, you know, kind of had to battle through some adversity in there, of course, you know, with the, with the bad growing shot and, uh, you know, eye poke as well. So um, big, big win for Ode Osborne. And uh, he's talking about his kind of new relationship with, with Dewey Cooper, who's, uh, d- you know, seen more and more frequently as well. So uh, here is Ode Osborne recounting his win. It is Ode Osborne who's coming off a hard-fought win over Charles Johnson. Now, you've had a, a couple days to reflect. I imagine heal up a little bit, maybe go back and watch it. Uh, talk to me about how you're feeling about the, the performance on the night. No, I feel great. Honestly, I, I gave every fiber of my being to that fight. So um, I have nothing but, you know, good feelings. Honestly, I, I, there's, there's nothing bad I could say. I did, I did everything possible. To, to, to get that win yeah man you you, you said everything possible I mean, you know as you guys were walking out of the cage Dewey Cooper it, it was so clear how proud he was of you and he you know he kind of <laughs> leaned over to me and he was like man we had to scratch and claw for that one we had to take everything so uh man I guess to you is that I mean I, I don't know does that do wonders for the confidence or wonders for the belief to know that you know when you get in the trenches like that you can pull it out 
It really does, though, because you know what really saved the day? It was those mountain runs that Dewey Cooper had me doing on the weekends, you know, running those Mount Charlestons, man. Uh, just just hard work. And he kept saying every time we run, he would say, you know what? I don't care if you run it as slow as possible. Just do not quit and do not let the mountain conquer you. And in that fight, I had those same adversities where I was just like, man, I'm so tired, you know, but I was like, I'm so tired. But uh, you know what? I've been through this before, O'Day. We've been here before. This is we've been here before. Come on. You like we're going to push till the till the till the wheels fall off. And that's what I did. And, and, you know, Dewey was so proud because he saw in my fight the moment where, you know, I kind of broke through the threshold and just kind of just was just going, 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 you know. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's funny because you'd like to go in there, just dominate, right? Throw one punch and you're done. But it feels like fights like these are, are the ones that kind of really build your character. You know what I mean? That show you what you're capable of doing. So I, I know these are important. And I, and I just want to point out for people that don't know, in Las Vegas, Mount Charleston's a little bit outside. I mean, you could go up in the mountains. There's snow. And I see you. You're doing these, like, six- and seven-mile runs into elevation. Yeah. I mean, and you're yeah. doing this every weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Every weekend. Every weekend's a new mountain, you know. Mount, Mount Charleston is the last one. So we go we go Red, Red Rock, and then we go, you know, uh, uh, Spring something mountain. And then Mount Charleston's the last one. Um you know, it's it's a uh, <laughs> definitely grueling, but man, is, did it pay off in the end? It really That's paid awesome. off in the end That's because awesome. you know that guy was a Olympic um, cross country runner. You know, so he had the cardio. He had the cardio, and if I can break an Olympic cross country runner in the third period, I can break anybody. Well said. This partnership with Dewey Cooper, man, um, it seems like this is is big for you right now. I guess talk to me about like how how that's working out. I mean, does this feel like a you know something that's gonna be big for the remainder of your career? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. And you know, it's almost like finding the right blacksmith to carve your tools. You know what I'm saying? And I've been searching. Oh man, I've been just. <sighs> I don't even want to talk about it, man. I don't even. It's been <laughs> such a. It's been such a. Uh, up and down battle, finding the right blacksmith, you know. Um, and when my first coach died in a motorcycle mm. accident, I never thought that I'd find another person to replace him. And I get to a place where I'm like, oh, this coach is kind of like my first coach. And then I get laid down and I'm like, okay. And I get to another place and I'm like, oh, okay, this coach is kind of like him. And then, you know, I find out that they don't give a shit about me. And then I'm like, oh, this coach is like, and, and it's just, oh man, it's it's been it's been a long journey, man. It's been a long journey. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be with Dewey because he doesn't care about anything else besides making me a world champion. He don't care about money. He don't care about hype. He don't care about women. He don't care about nothing other than making me a world champion. He don't care about nothing. And that's, and that's all like, I'm like, man, this guy puts his all into me. And, you know, I gave up drinking because of that, you know, I even after my fight, I didn't touch it, lick of alcohol. I didn't I haven't wow. drank in months, and that's new for me. But the reason why is because I saw when I first went to Dewey, I saw how much he put into me, and I was like, you know what, this man is putting so much into me. I do not want to waste his time, you know. Mm. So I left the I left that behind me. Well said, man. Well, that's a great partnership, man. I'm looking forward to seeing the fruits of your labor. So let me let me let me ask you. I know you're not one that's ever going to make an excuse. And it wouldn't even be an excuse because you you won. But I was kind of mm -hmm. joking during the fight. I'm like, 
Look at O'Day out here setting history, being the first man to ever take the full five minutes he's allowed with the growing shot. Uh, but I'm kind of wondering, I mean, as I watched you, that didn't necessarily seem like it was just a strategic take of five minutes, man. It looked like you were really affected and impacted by that blow. So can you bring me back to just how hurt you really were? Man, you know what? I was a little bit um, – I don't know. I was a little bit bothered because I feel like, you know, like the ref wanted me to, like, just come on, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like he wanted me to just go. And I was like, you know, Dewey looked at me. He's like, nope. He's like, D whenever you're ready, man, whenever you're ready. And I was like, you, you know what? You're right. Let me put my – for the first time in my life, I put my ego aside and I was like, you know what? we're gonna we're gonna do this right we're gonna do this right we've we've this is my seventh fight in the ufc i've been through so many trials and tribulations um we're here now and we're gonna do this right we we are we are mature and um it's time to grow up oday it's time to grow up and level up that's awesome man i dude I, it, it's a mature decision man because i think you're right i love that you said put your ego aside because that's what it feels like to me most mm -hmm. time is like Guys like, oh, no, 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 I got to go right back in there. It's like, no, bro, mm -hmm. you've got five minutes for a reason. Take that yeah. time and recover yeah. for yourself. Yeah, man, and, and it paid diligence. It paid – and not just that, but and – then, and then in the in the second round, I got this nasty eye poke, like just, you know, uh, I'll send you a picture of that. Like like the the poke and the – like his 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 he kind of did like a Wing Chun, like the knuckle and the thumb went in my eye. So the, the, this thumb went in, in this eye and the knuckle split me right open. You know, Michael Bisping was like, oh, that's the, or, or Dominic Cruz was like, oh, that's the elbow. No, it wasn't the elbow that split me. The elbow caught me like in the back right here. Right. It was, the, you know, the knuckles what split my eye open. And so that's I great. was like one eye, <laughs> like a pirate in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to take you. Arr. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Well, listen, it was, I, it was a close fight. I mean, obviously round one, you round two, him round three competitive as hell. Uh, I, I, were you confident? Were you nervous? What, what were you feeling when it, when it came time to hear that judge's decision? I was content. I, I, I was, I was in the feeling of, you know what, God, I gave everything. If, if I am to lose and that is not your will for me, then I will accept it. If I am to win and it is what your will for me, and I, I, I am grateful for it. And whatever that, that decision is that you make, uh, I'm here for it. And that was my mindset. I was just content because I, there was nothing else, to, nothing left to give, man. I gave it all. That is you know? one hell of an answer, man. I love, I love hearing that. That's a hell of an answer. So I guess, uh, Talk to me about what you've been doing since. You don't you don't strike me as a big like a bunch of time off kind of guy, but nah, I mean I know you got nah. I know you got to recover. So I guess what's what's been going on? Uh, whenever like I have a little bit of blurry vision just in this eye, like not too bad, just you know, kind of because I have a little scratch. Whenever like this this these stitches get uh, healed up and stuff like that, you can see it, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, and the, the kind of my vision comes back, which the doctor said they'll you know probably be like couple weeks maybe a week another week every day has been getting better so one more week um but i don't know we'll see we'll, we'll i have no idea man i have no idea we'll see i love it hey i wanted to ask you you posted on twitter today which i thought was really cool the uh the story of the the sword work that you do before the fights man and i i, I had no idea that's what that was about i think that's amazing and, and i just wanted to ask you i mean have you done that for every fight of your career and is that 
it, when did that story become something that you were aware of that, that you wanted to kind of represent in there and become meaningful to you? Well, uh, I was talking to uh, Vince Morales once and I was like, man, I need to I need to figure out something where the fans can like be like, man, that is Ode Osborne. That's his thing. You know what I mean? But I didn't just want it to be random. I wanted it to be meaningful. And, you know, uh, I came up with the ninja because, you know, in Jamaica uh, back in the day, we when we were enslaved, um, the Maroon soldiers, sorry, the, no, the Maroon tribe, they would like help uh, like uh, slaves like escape at night. You know, they would go down to the plantation and kind of like, you know, uh, fight the, the slave owners and free like a lot of the slaves and, you know, um, just liberate a lot of people in Jamaica. And so I thought that was a very powerful thing. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, you know, I, I was, I was like, I'm not, I don't, I didn't need to tell anybody. That's my first time telling people what, why I did that. I just, I was just like, it was, it was, it was for me. It wasn't for the fans. It was for me. And I was like, you know what? I'll let them know this time why I'm doing it. Because I've had people ask me about like, oh man, that's cool. Is that Naruto or is that an anime? You know, yeah. and I was like, no. So I was like, you know what? Let me tell them because oh. I don't want people, I don't want anime getting the credit for, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I agree. I do. I'm so glad you shared it because I think it, I think it makes it just so much more powerful. Like you said, I mean, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, he must be an anime guy or must, you know, and, and uh, to share that story, man, I, I think that just is, it, it'll mean so much more every time I see you do it from now mm -hmm. going forward. So I think that's awesome that you shared it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No, no worries, man. All right, well, listen, I, I, I'm gonna let you have some free time. Go heal up. But I guess what's right, we got any podcasts coming up soon? I mean, until you get oh, back yeah. in the cage, we, we what's going on? Hey, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leak this just for you, just for you. All but right. We got a nice one coming up with. Uh, it won't be on mine, but um, I'm gonna ask him to share it on my YouTube channel. But it's with Joaquin Buckley, Jamal Hill, and Brad Tate. We're doing, a, we're doing a number uh, episode number two with that one. So yep. that one's coming in the works. I'm also going to have uh, Forrest Griffin. I'm going to have Misha Tate. I'm going to have probably uh, Cody Garbrandt um, on there. Um, uh, you know, I have, I have, some, I have some, some, some good stuff in the works, man. Me and Cody have been getting rounds in, too. Like, hey, Cody ready. He's ready. He's ready. We've been getting those rounds in. I love it, man. That's great to hear. Is that, is yeah. that a, uh, have you guys been working together long, or is that kind of a – Yeah, a oh, my, my whole camp. My whole camp. And I'm uh, and I'm a lefty too, so it works out perfect. You know what I'm saying? And he's awesome. fighting a lefty, so it, it works out. Uh, my whole camp, we've been we've been getting those rounds in, man. So he he that boy is. <laughs> Y'all gonna see? Y'all you guys are gonna see? You you'll see. And this is his first camp with Dewey Cooper too. This is Cody Garbrandt's first camp with with Black Cobra. So I think I think uh, they'll they'll see some different stuff. <laughs> I love it. That makes me even more excited for this weekend. I mean, you don't have to need extra reasons to get excited to watch Cody Garbrandt fight, right? I mean, that right. guy always brings it, but that adds yeah. a little flavor to it. Yeah. And then we you know, we got Javed, uh, uh, sorry, not Javed, Farid, Farid Basharat on our team as well is fighting this weekend. So dude's got his hands full. Both those guys, though, are ready. You know, Farid is ready. He, we, you know what I mean? Like, man, it's, it's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love it. Well, continue success for Dewey Cooper, obviously a legend of the sport, and your guys' team is coming together, so looking forward to that. Oday, I'll let you get back to it. I appreciate you carving out some time, man. Congratulations on the victory, and uh, Thank you. as you know, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next with you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Man, I, uh, I love that answer of 
you know, being content before the judges score. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. I don't think I, I you know, and that's, you know, a, com- a, a question you ask frequently, you know, what was going through your mind? You know, you know it's a close fight, and you hear people say, oh, I was confident we had it. You know, my team told me we had it. Oh, I was nervous, man. I wasn't sure. I knew it was a close fight. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say I was content. I didn't care. I knew I had done everything that I could do in there, and I thought that was a, a pretty damn uh, amazing answer. And I also loved – you know, him talking about putting the ego aside when, when taking that full five minutes. You know, I joked about it on Twitter that night, but it's true. You hear guys or see guys, you know, I, I should say, I think rush back too soon when they have time. And I think ego is a part of it. They don't want to look like they're, you know, being weak, I guess, and, and taking more time than necessary. And, and, you know, and I do, and I've, I've talked about it on the and a half episode for those of you that listen over there. Um, that some I don't like the way referees handle that sometimes when it's it's like they go over there and it's just like are you okay you're ready to go and I don't think the referees necessarily are trying to rush the fighters back in that situation but I think in the heat of the moment it feels that way you know it's like are you ready to go like come on man come on let's go um when in reality they're just asking like are you okay because you have up to five minutes but I think you know, and you see some of the high-level referees that do handle it a little bit differently, but I think it can be presented like, you know, to the fighter, hey, still got plenty of time left if you need it, but, you know, let me know how you're doing. Something like that. I think it would probably aid in not making these guys feel like they need to rush back. So, anyway, love that answer there as well. So, uh, continued success to Ode Osborne inside and outside the cage. So, uh, well, that'll wrap it up for the conversation this week. Um, like I said, Kind of just an experimental thing here to see if, what the feedback is. I, I, I got to listen back, see if I like it too. But I just I, I enjoy having these conversations with these athletes. And, um, again, I just consume more pure audio than I do video. So I thought, you know what, why not just throw these conversations together and put them out there and uh, let people say if they like it or don't and if there's a reason to, to keep doing it or not. Um, so happy to hear from you one way or the other. Uh, and uh, we'll see what my producer, Cold Coffee, thinks about my uh, producing skills here on my own and uh, get his feedback as well. I just figured it was easier to bang one out and, and uh, go from there. So consider this uh, like a pilot, a, a beta version, whatever you want to whatever you want to consider. But we'll take all feedback, and, of course, more importantly than anything, thanks for listening. <laughs>